Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome into the Fantasy Stock Exchange channel. Today on the channel, we've got wide receivers. We're ranking them. We're going one through eight, but first, we're hitting the intro. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. I just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Danny, that was an unnecessary point at the camera, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to do it too. Wide receivers one through eight. We're very excited to get this started. Guys, welcome into this video. Lucas is here. We got Danny. We got Bush. And as always, Tyler. Guys, let's kick this thing off. Um, Lucas, I'll let you introduce the first wide receiver on our list. For sure. So uh, obviously this is consensus. So it's added up the player rank divided by four to give you the new rank. So Michael Thomas is our one-on-one, um, and we are exactly half and half in terms of the one of the two spot. Um, so Tyler, if, if you want them to go first, they can, or we can go first. You can decide. Uh, yeah, Bush just isn't buying in because he's a Bucks fan, but I'll let him talk about that. No, honestly, um, I, I did these rankings based on half PPR. If this were full PPR, I would have Michael Thomas one-on-one, but um, or sorry, not one-on-one, but fucking the one at the full receiver take. position. I have yeah, I have Tyree. I have Tyree Kill at one personally. I just like I, I like the ceiling of Tyree Kill per, like better than Michael Thomas. I know Michael Thomas will give you the eighteen to twenty point weeks like if they're going out of style because he catches eleven passes a game. But uh, yeah, I need those forty point weeks if I'm going to spend a first round pick on a receiver, and that's why I have Tyree Kill at one. For sure. I mean, just touching upon Thomas, I currently have him at number two. <clears throat> Again, we are, we're going to mention the next guy on our list as well, but it's either him or the next guy we're going to talk about that's going to lead the league in targets. I don't think it's any other person in the league, quite frankly. Uh, if you bet on anybody else. Give me Julio be, over the next nope. guy to get more uh, targets. I nope. don't I don't, th- I don't think yeah, – I love Julio. I think he's going to get a lot of targets. I just don't even think he comes uh, near these two guys, to be quite honest. But, uh, yeah, uh, just touching upon that, again, Michael Thomas, as safe as it gets, he's probably going to be around a mid-first-round pick. Again, that's where I'm kind of hammering on my running back, so I'm probably not going to get a lot of exposure to MT this year, but he's going to be a really good safe option. Again, my wide receiver too, so no complaints here being the consensus one across the panel. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm exposed to, the Fantasy Stock Exchange channel. Guys, quick reminder, subscribe, like, comment, all that fun stuff. So, yes, I have Michael Thomas at the one. Bush, when you smile, it makes my day. Uh, So I have Michael Thomas at the one. It's just a volume uh, standpoint. I'm 100% committed to Back to that volume, I think he'll go down just a touch, but that still makes him the one. He was so above everyone else. Um, I, I really do like Emmanuel Sanders this year. I want to make that clear to uh, the audience. I think it's actually going to help uh, Michael Thomas because he still will provide some uh, some attention on the field. But Michael Thomas, just from a sheer volume standpoint, will be my one um, until he breaks his leg. Yeah, he's probably like the worst wide receiver one in the last five years. Like no one wants to draft him. because without, a- without AB, like – because A.B. was just yeah. so much better in the red zone than Michael Thomas has ever been in his career. So, like, at least with Antonio Brown, when he was, like, the like the wide receiver one every year for, like, the last five years, uh, you knew you were getting, like, 12-plus touchdowns out of him, too. Dude, like, the only two, obviously, like, we don't like the guy now, but, like, I want to say it was 2013, 2000, or not 2013, 2014, 15, 16, that range, where, like, 
the most consistent guys from both a yardage and a touchdown standpoint you were getting each year were Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham. And like Michael, Michael Thomas, he did have nine touchdowns last year, but he just, he's not a sexy pick. That's the thing with him. Like he's probably going to be consistent uh, for you all year. He's going to lock in that wide receiver one uh, spot in your lineup. But like, just compared to the past, like he doesn't really bring you like as much as excitement. And that's crazy. To that's say why I have Hill one is because he doesn't bring the ceiling that, that AB used to when he was the wide receiver. And it's, it's crazy to say for a guy who's coming off the reception record. Yard I know like, it's crazy. And I think but. the receiver position in general bounces back from like a progression or a regression to the mean perspective, because like he was like 60 points ahead of the next closest receiver. And I don't think there's a chance in hell that yeah, happens again. He was. And that happened in 2017 and it really adjusted itself in 2018. He was 90 ahead of Godwin and had like 60-some more targets and 30 more targets than Hopkins, Julio, and uh, Keenan Allen, and he finished with about 100 more points than them. Yeah, like, it, like no one played 16 games. That's why. Godwin, Evans, no one ever all does. those guys missed yeah. a couple games. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like – I'm not saying it's a bad pick per se, but I'm just saying that it's not valuable in a sense <laughs> of just take Julio middle round two and I don't know. I mean, depending – I'd say the highest you could get is like a Dalvin Cook, and the lowest you would take would be like a, I don't know, Eckler, Derrick Henry, Jacobs. Yeah, like so it's definitely just not really a good pick, and that leads us into uh, the full the full split here. Um, Devontae Adams is our consensus too, and none of us have him at the same rank spot. So Danny has him at one, I have him at two, Bush three, and Tyler five. So Danny, you can go ahead, and then I'll let Tyler go. Yeah, I'll kick it off. So I, I mentioned when we were talking about MT, uh, I, it's a strong bet for me that one of the, the, these two guys are going to finish uh, leading the league in targets. And uh, to me, those two guys are going to be Michael Thomas or going to be Devontae Adams. Now, when you're breaking down Devontae Adams again, obviously he was hurt last year. He had 127 targets in 12 games. When you extrapolate that out, obviously we don't want to use 12-game sample size to predict 16. We don't do that. But just for context, that's a pace of 169 targets. So you're getting plenty per game. I mean, that's basically almost 11 per game if you want to stat that out. But, uh, again, the main concern with him coming off of last season was the injuries. However, he played 14 games total last year. Uh, if you include the playoffs, obviously it doesn't count in the fantasy schedule, but just to give you a kind of a broad perspective, because he did play 14 total games. And in those contexts, contests, he was able to uh, record a hundred catches for 1,295 yards and seven touchdowns. And uh, yeah, with Adams, uh, he had a 30.3% target market share in the games he played in 2019, third in the league and presents quite frankly, the most touchdown upside of any of the middle uh, of the tier one receivers recording 10 plus in the previous three years he had. I, I would argue that Tyreek has the same amount of touchdown upside uh, just because his quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. When I go through it though, uh, I've seen it. I know what my, you mean though. His red yeah. zone opportunity and his red zone usage is, is definitely the best out of all of these guys. And if we're talking a standard league, I would favor Adams over Thomas. Uh, well, that's the thing. I want to couple it as well because I do think he has a ton of PPR upside just based on solely volume. I mean, 110, uh, more than 110 catches two years ago when he was uh, the wide receiver one in fantasy on a points per game basis. But uh, touching upon that again, 10 plus in the last three years. And uh, I'm actually going to break down the stats of uh, Aaron Rodgers' touchdown percentage versus Aaron, uh, Devontae Adams' touchdown percentage as well. So again, you're going from Aaron Rodgers. He recorded a 4.6% uh, touchdown percentage last year when his career average is 6%. So, uh, I mean, we don't want to predict maybe uh, it'll match 6, but it's got a raise from 4.6 just simply based on what he's been able to do throughout his career. And uh, with Adams, 
His touchdown percentage per target was, or uh, per catch was 6% last year. His combined average the three years where he recorded 10 plus touchdowns was at 13.8%. So you, that's less than half of what he, he's accustomed to. So, I mean, when I'm projecting him forward, I do think he's able to get to those uh, marks that he was able to reach before. And ultimately, if he's able to do that, he is a, a good bet for me to uh, end up surplanting Thomas as the wide receiver one this year. But again, from a PPR's perspective, I think both of them are shoe wins to be, uh, at the very minimum, top three in targets. So. That would make a fantastic article, Danny. I look forward to, uh, to seeing you write that. Uh, for now, we're, we're going to get real serious here. We're going to double glasses, don't ask questions, putting on the serious look, because here's the deal. Matt LaFleur is committed to running the damn ball. He drafted a terrible running back who looks like shit on tape, but you know what? He was committed to him. He's got three running backs. Doesn't look shit on tape. Yeah, yeah, he does. He, he <laughs> does like it, right. So does like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, though. He's like top ten in like college rushing guards of all time. Yeah, dude, he's so good. Uh, Corey, mean, Corey. He looks like Jordan Howard. He's basically yeah. Jordan Howard. Yeah, but Corey, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is shit on tape, though. Buddy, buddy, buddy's a mess. Anyways, I'm not interested in his tape. Watch his tape and tell me if he lasts five minutes. Um, it's like me in the bedroom. Anyways, five games of him for the draft guy. Um, I, I can't believe you did that. What a waste of time. Anyways. I, I like to stay. I thought it was fun. <laughs> You're killing me here. My argument's being shot down. It's all right. Uh, I'm not committed to Devontae Adams. I think his targets will go down. Matt LaFleur said, fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. But, didn't get him another threat. You may be but like, they didn't go that down, though. Help him. But they that? didn't go. Even with Matt LaFleur last year, one of the run heaviest coaches in the league, he had 127 in 12 games, like I mentioned. That's 169 pace over a 16-game sample size. Like, his car- targets didn't go yeah. down. The reality yeah, with right. all these top guys is that they're all, like, th- they project so favorably to have huge volume shares that it's really just splitting hairs. With, just don't take maybe not so much Hopkins, but that's <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'd rather take a guy in a pass-heavy offense. Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. These are guys I'd rather take. Yeah, uh, but, all, but all those guys um, aren't going to have the same amount of targets. Michael Thomas that, isn't in a pass-heavy offense. I can't, that, that's going to be oh, in the draft no. guide because that gets brought up a lot that, that in a pass-heavy offense, but what does that really mean? So basically what I'm doing is I'm breaking down, say, okay, rel- relatively to probably top five receiver, they get what, 25% target share with the occasional 30%, and that's what Michael Thomas had last year. 30.3 for Adams last year. 25% target share. Like Tyree Kill does not get that. It's probably no. 22 to 21, but Devontae Adams has 25. So like, what I'm saying is that's going to compare based on team trends, coaching trends, player trends, what that would actually come out to based on history. So like a pass happy offense for the second, not even really the second option on the Chiefs is different than a run heavy offense, Devontae Adams. Um, if that makes sense, kind of the way it brings. So they're pretty, they're pretty equal, but I I don't know. I just think these top five. Actually, no, I, I think I have a tier of four. I have Hopkins today. behind behind yeah. the other guys. Yeah, but I have I have Hopkins at tier. I lower. think the top four are literally like in in PPR, half PPR, and standard. They might all be in a different order for me. Like it's that close that it's just really just a tiebreaker for me. Like for some of these things. Sure. I think Adam's going to be my consistent one. Honestly, I I think I'm all in on him this year. He'd be like he'd be like two for me in like most other formats other than full PBR. Bro. Danny is willing to take Devontae Adams at the 105. Big facts. Anyways, I, I wouldn't take any of these receivers in the first round. Quite quite frankly, probably not even. I'd take Tyreek in the first round. I, I wouldn't take any receiver. Probably. I'd take this Thomas one. and Tyreek in the first round, personally. Danny's not that committed maybe, to maybe Devontae like Adams. The one he knows the targets aren't there. Next Jump up, on. As Bush, Bush segued into it, Tyreek Hill is his 
uh, wide receiver one. Um, we have him at the three and the four between the rest of us. So, Bush, why do you have him at the wide receiver one? Because fantasy football isn't hard. You pick the guy who's attached to the best quarterback in the NFL. And so, DK it, Metcalf? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, but uh, yeah. sneak preview for wait, the draft. Alan Amari, Robinson, wait, no. may not be my breakout. Amari Cooper, dude. What are you talking but, uh, about? Stop. Lucas Allen <laughs> Robinson. What are you Kill. If you play in any kind of league that gives you bonus points for big plays, which yeah. I do, and I think everyone should, Tyreek Hill gets an edge in that perspective over Thomas, over Adams, over even Julio. Because quite frankly, Tyreek Hill is the best deep threat in the history of the NFL. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say that. His stats are better than Randy Moss's from uh, deep game and Deshaun Jackson's who are like, and actually Jerry Rice is pretty good deep well uh, also. And Jerry Rice is just good at everything. (laughs) Yeah, Jerry Rice is just good at everything. But Tyree Kill is literally the best deep threat in the NFL, and he's the best deep threat in the history of the NFL. He strikes fear into your opponents. If you have to play Tyree Kill, if you're down 30 points and Tyree Kill is the only guy left to play, you, you might lose still because Tyree Kill also contributes as a runner. They give him jet sweeps and all that stuff. They give him shovel passes on the goal line. They let him kick, uh, do punt returns when it's a close game. Like He could give you points in other ways other than just being a receiver on top of the fact that he's attached to the best quarterback in the league and he's the best deep threat. Strikes fear into his opponents. Uh, strikes fear into his kid. We'll cut that. Um, I completely oh, agree. God, oh, uh, that's, that's terrible. Nice. Uh, anyways, now Daddy has to edit this. Uh, so <laughs> no, yeah, I'm keeping that. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> no, he doesn't edit these <laughs> videos. Anyway, no way in heck I'm editing this. I have way too many videos oh, to edit. Well. Oh, lol. Yeah, I mean, it's just a guy that I'm never gonna rank at the one because ultimately, unless he hits and plays all 16 games or. I don't know. I just I just got hurt week one last year. Okay, guys. like week one he went down. Can we can we all agree well, at the yeah. very at the very least because obviously we have the Drafters affiliate. We'll plug that after. But in best ball, Tyreek is the one in best ball, and he, it's not close. In yeah, my opinion. yeah. In best ball, I mean, it's one. I don't like the whole like boom bust in best ball because like subjective too. If you don't have a floor, you it, your team isn't like so. Yeah, but like he has a higher floor than most people think he does. Yeah, but like Thomas is probably like still high up there because he's going to get you the nineteen a week, which and is that is full PPR too. That I just yeah. Read. So I mean, yeah, he's definitely up there. And then the guy that we have next uh, at our four is Julio, my three, I, the most undervalued receiver in yeah, all of fantasy football. He's, probably the, he's like should be the one, but like due to who knows why, no one ever ranks him at the one. But I definitely don't mind him being. Uh, I'm not Probably. taking him over Thomas or Adams, but if I get him in the middle of the second round, I'm happy. Yeah, for Got sure. Just touching up on Julio, I mean, sorry. I'll, get, I'll, I'll let you go after it. I just was ready. Okay. Shatter my feelings. Not bad. Uh, anyways, uh, Julio's my three again. Uh, one, two, three, four, or whatever I have it currently. Uh, Adams, Thomas, Julio, Hill. You could put that any order you want, let's be honest. But uh, for me, with Julio uh, – Again, if this was standard, Tyreek may be uh, even one or two. But because of the half PPR element, I do think Julio is going to crack that 100-catch plateau. Same thing with Adam. Same thing with Thomas, which ultimately kind of gives them the edge uh, for me over Tyreek. But again, coin flip regardless. With Julio, he's consistent. You know what he's going to get you. He's going to get you 100. He's going to get you 1,400 yards. And he's going to get you probably five to seven touchdowns each year. I mean, he is the most underappreciated asset because people think that all of a sudden that he's over 30, he's just going to fall off a cliff. He's a fucking animal. I mean, that guy is just a different – he's not a human being, plain and simple. That's, that, that's the last thing I really have to say about him. He's just not a human being. So yeah. if you think he's just going to fall off a cliff all of a sudden because he's 31, well, you thought wrong. So 
it's going to look really bad if he did progress this year, but uh, he's not going no, to. His well, if, if, if age regression for receivers were a thing, Mary Fitz would still not be playing. Yeah, and I'll Julio Jones is not a human being, like, so it doesn't count. Um, the only reason to have him at four is because he's not going to – like he like he could, I mean – He's just not the guy that I would peg to get double-digit touchdowns in this group. That's literally the only reason I have. Like, I could see all three of these other guys getting double-digit touchdowns. I think it's a little bit more unlikely for Julio Jones. That's my only thing against him. I definitely agree yeah, with that. So, it's – I don't know. Take, take him. Favorite. I, mean, I think that, that's pretty blatant. It's a touchdown issue. Like, I, yeah. I don't think anyone's really doubting his abilities to put up yards his abilities to get reception. He should still be a first-round pick, though, even without the touchdowns, in my opinion. I think he should be, like, the 111-112, which is, I believe, where I have him ranked. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate how people ex- – like, you can't draft him expecting touchdowns because, like, to be honest, it would have it happened by now. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, like, in his 10th year. Yeah, Dude. we're still ranking him that high. So, I think, yeah, he's definitely – Imagine he had a year where he just, like, had, like, 12 if he gets randomly. If he gets a year where he gets, like, 12 touchdowns, like, fluke, like just fluky Dude. gets, like, 12 touchdowns, he's going to be the wide receiver one. Yeah, but like I kind of said, it's probably it's not, not gonna, gonna happen, happen though. He's probably gonna have like eight touchdowns maximum, yeah, but that's still common, really good. It's common sense why it doesn't happen. Not that Matt Ryan can't hit him, it's because there's three dudes covering him in the end zone. Like, yeah, and Dirk Cutter's their offensive coordinator, and he can't yeah. fucking run a red zone offense to save his life. That's why you just draft Calvin Ridley and Julio and stack them both. Um, yep. Tyler, yeah. you're up now. You're DeAndre Hopkins yeah. at the team. Oh, yeah. All right, so DeAndre Hopkins, greatest of all time, the greatest, the GOAT. MJ, who's that? Um, DeAndre Hopkins, fantastic. The offense is set up for him. He's going to get the receptions. There was really no one else they brought in outside of Hopkins because why would they need to? Yeah, Hakeem Butler, sure. If you want to say that he's going to take away some good volume, you could say that if you want. It's a waste of your breath. I am totally in on DeAndre Hopkins lighting up in this offensive system. I think they're finally going to go back to what uh, Cliff Kingsbury is comfortable with running. They have the personnel to do so now. Christian Kirk is never a one. He shouldn't be a one on anyone's offense, but it's a phenomenal two um, that I think will actually help DeAndre Hopkins a little bit too with the tension. Um, I think you got to buy into him. I, I know you guys aren't, uh, but I'll take the risk of taking him high because I know the volume will be there. And DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in football in my eyes. Fantasy-wise, I think he just needs that volume, and I think he's going to get it in a very, very good offense that's going to – Definitely go up this year. Now kill me. Now, I – okay, it says here I have him at seven, but I actually, like, once this is coming out, he actually switched to six. So Yeah, little, one ball. Little, little nugget, like but again, I can't put him in that top four range simply because the change of scenery is just going to be uh, a very a very big transition. I mean, we've seen it multiple times, like alpha receivers switching offenses in the offseason. Uh, usually takes a hit on the year one. I mean, I know uh, – Luke is probably going to break down the stats on that. I know he probably has that up his sleeve. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, I mean, we've seen it with receivers like Odell Beckham, for example, was considered uh, easily a top five to seven talent in the league, goes to the Browns, and now he's freaking – uh, well, Baker Mayfield, you'll, you'll see sucks. Tyler Murray's actually good. So, uh, not to, but not to mention, like we see that in a normal offseason. Now that you got this offseason with COVID, and they don't have chance, uh, don't have a chance to acclimate it's, themselves, learn the system. That's my only concern with him. That's the only reason he's a tier below those guys. He's yeah. obviously as talented as those guys are. If he For was sure. still Houston right now, he would be in that that tier with those uh, four guys. Kyler Murray will go into Baker status if you don't realize you have to throw the ball to fucking DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I no, I understand. Like, the connection on paper sounds great, but I mean, like Danny mentioned it with COVID and stuff, you just have no idea how well they're going to be able to form a connection, and that's the only thing that's keeping me from putting him in that top tier. 
Throw yeah. the ball, he catches it. It's not, the, the you're not dealing with the, with the People could have said the same yeah. thing about Beckham last year, though. Yeah, well, Beckham's a pussy, and Baker Mayfield yeah. sucks. So. so I guess some people I, believe that Beckham is as good as Hopkins. I'm not one of them, but joke. some people do. <laughs> um, I where I stand is the whole fading the wide receivers changing team. Uh, Rich Rebar has a post. I'm not going to break it down. Just go on chart football analysis and read it. It is probably top five article you need to read. If you were to fade every single receiver, alpha receiver switching teams with an ADP in the top 24, you'd be winning your fantasy leagues every single time you faded it, minus one guy whose fantasy points went up like 1.2%. Like they stayed the same. But in reality, the wide receiver position, just take Chris Godwin around later, maybe two rounds later, and you're not going to be losing anything. And the whole COVID thing with the air raid, I don't think it matters because the air raid isn't a complex offense. It is a timing offense, if that makes sense. So it's a lot of just – Kyler's going to go up there and he's going to call what route combination you want to run. And I'm sure him and DeAndre Hopkins have been working out and doing all that. So I'm not really yeah. worried about that at all. And I think Hopkins is definitely, he's definitely top four receiver in the NFL in terms of knowledge, talent, skill. So like, I'm not worried about that aspect. I'm worried that a traditional air raid, no player gets a 25% market share, even with X amount of pass attempts. And I don't really think they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. So I'm just going to take the probability of players switching teams and if I miss out, okay, I'll miss out on, like, the wide receiver three or four. But then I'll just go take the wide receiver seven, who's two points per game less than DeAndre Hopkins is three rounds later. So it's not like Hopkins, it's- to me, he actually had a down season. Do you guys remember this? In 2016, he had a down season, and he was kind of like a post-type sleeper yeah. in 2017. And he re-broke out again because, I mean, he was good before that. But yeah. the difference was that he had Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson, I don't think people understand how good Deshaun Watson is. Yes, Kyler Murray showed promise. But he's not Deshaun Watson. He's not as good as Deshaun Watson. So, yes, we've seen Hopkins perform with bad quarterbacks before, but it, if he was going to the Seahawks, I wouldn't be concerned because it's Russell Wilson. But any I'd be concerned by Lockett and any Metcalf. Any change from the Texans, in my opinion, is a downgrade at quarterback unless you go to the Chiefs or the, uh, the Seahawks. Because I think Cowboys. Watson's the third best quarterback in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not – I don't know. It's just, it's a completely different landscape that he's going to be in. So do what you want. I'm not going to argue to taking him at two. I'm just going to f- favor the probability of him missing, which has been very, very high. Um, and you can see that on the article, it's not been good at all. So next up, uh, we have the two Bucks receivers back to back. So at our six, Chris Goblin, our seven, Mike Evans. Uh, yes, noodle arm Tom Brady will support two wide receiver ones. He ain't no um, Jameis, though. He ain't no Jameis. If you've seen my scene, if you saw my post on Twitter about Edelman breaking down Brady's stats, completely different offense. Uh, I love Edelman, but he's not on the tier of making plays like Chris Godwin is. Mike Evans is. The offense is going to switch to favor Tom Brady. They didn't front load and fucking guarantee all Tom Brady's money to run Jameis Winston offense. Like it, Bruce Arians is probably a top 10 coach in the last 20 to 30 years, I would say. He knows what he's doing, and he wears a cool fedora. So take both Godwin and Evans this year. Yep. Both yep. guys were on pace for 1,500 yards last year. Like, with Jameis Winston. Yes, Jameis Winston's like a bad – like, he's a bad deep passer, too. Mike Evans ranked number 95 in the NFL in deep target – or in uh, in target quality rating. Like, like Brady might not be a strong-armed quarterback, but guess what? He never was. So even if his arm is weaker now, it was never strong. He yeah. was one of the best deep passers in the league uh, per ESPN's like advanced metrics from accuracy and all that stuff. 
like this offense, people may might assume like, oh, it's going to become like a Brady offense. Like Bruce Dude. Arians has come out and said that it's way easier to teach one of the smartest quarterbacks in the in the last like hundred years a new offense than it is to come to teach an entire offense to like the rest of the team. And just just don't overthink these two. Yes, yeah. we might be we might be excited for Gronk and Howard and Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller, but all these yeah. guys are going to get their targets after Godwin and Evans get theirs. Yeah, Bush, I mean, come on. Brady's there. That just means instantly that Scotty Miller's the wide receiver one, man. Yeah. Blake like Jarwin's on the fucking team. Well, according to Jim Nagy, Chris Godwin has never played. No. Oh, sorry. I meant Cameron Brate. Sorry, they have the same fantasy relevance. Too, yeah, don't point. try and make any yeah. fucking bullshit narrative that Brady can't sustain receivers. Randy Moss? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, like, like Edelman, Randy Moss, like even Josh. Man, Josh Gordon was is not as good as Evans. Never has been. And one year, like they like, like the offense. And uh, Chad Johnson's come out and said this too. The offense in New England is not um, geared towards outside receivers. The offense runs like death by a thousand yeah, papers. Because Belichick knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Bruce Arians knows what he's doing as well. But he runs a vertical offense. The offense is not changing. Like it's not. It's not becoming Brady's offense. Yeah, and he got Gronk there for like half of a season. So Four games. Evans is still going to get the same role that he's always had, and same as same with Godwin. Uh, next up in the last in this video is Kenny Galladay. Um, looking at the rankings, I am the lowest, and Danny is the highest. Um, I guess, or I guess you guys are tied at seven now, but difficulties yeah. for yeah, the rankings. On but, here, I have him at six, but I've I've recently got him at like, ten now. Yeah, I think I have him at like eight now. But I mean, regardless, he's still in clearly entrenched in that wide, uh, that tier two of wide receivers. And when you're looking at it, uh, just the, what he was able to produce with Matt Stafford on the field last year, ultimately, like he's going to be a productive beast. Like he was completely producing with David Blau and Jeff Driscoll throwing the ball. Just imagine if fucking Matt Stafford is able to finish the season this year. It's going to be dynamite. So uh, similar player to Mike Evans uh, for me, you know. He's many Mike Evans is what he is. For sure. So uh, I, def- I definitely like uh, Kenny Galladay. I think I'm more at the status quo of our consensus right now. But, yeah, when, we're, when we were making these rankings, I was uh, a tad higher on him. But, uh, yeah, adjusted that accordingly. So you guys will see that on the website. So stay tuned. Kenny Beans. I'm the highest on him. I love Kenny G's. Um, I'm sold. I, it's, again, you know, we're talking about a mid-range kind of wide receiver, right? So. I think Matt Stafford will play the whole season. And if he doesn't, shit, how can I predict that in the rankings? But if he does, um, number seven, I think their running offense will be a little bit more balanced. They'll have two guys uh, that can actually sustain. So when carry on drops week three, there goes the, it's not, there goes the running game anymore. They actually still have that uh, efficiently. And Kenny G will actually benefit from that. I don't know how I really feel about the division. I don't really think the defenses are as, OP as normal. So that's kind of six games that I feel like are going to be easier for him. I, I just really am getting behind Kenny G. I think Marvin Jones will put up good offensive numbers. I don't really know how I feel about TJ Hawkinson. I don't really have him that high. So someone's got to produce fantasy numbers. Kenny G's done it with Matt Stafford. Let's get the full season in. Wide receiver seven for me feels that's very comfortable for me. Um, so I, I'm pretty good with locking that in right now. For sure. What do you have to say? Yeah, I mean, the only thing with me is that Marvin Jones per game splits were like right by Galladay's. And in fantasy football, I prefer to take the similar alternative eight rounds later in fantasy drafts. So that's really the only 
thing I have different, I guess you could say. I think he was good with David Blau and whoever the fuck the other – Broncos back at Driscoll now because it was just okay. all air yards. And if you hit on 50% of your air yards, you're going to be a good fantasy receiver when the air yards are that high. So, like, I don't know how much better it can get from what he put up last year because if it's going to get better, we need to rank him in the top five because, like, plain and simple, that's what it's going to be. So, I think it's just kind of a tough spot. But I think he'll be a fine – uh, if you go running back, running back, receiver, he'll be a fine wide receiver one for you. The thing I like about him is he led the league in touchdowns last year. So mm. that's the thing I like about him. I think – I know you don't want to, like, totally bank on touchdowns with people, but he was, like, one of the best – he had 15 red zone targets last year. One of his uh, – his red zone target location rate, like, ranked as one of the higher percentages of his targets. So, I mean, like, they look to him down there, and I, I expect him to get 8 to 10 to 12 touchdowns or whatever. And I think that's definitely going to help his, his weekly upside uh, because I don't think he's going to get more than 130, 140 targets probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, Kenny G's very uh, very intriguing player, especially uh, if Matt, Matt Stafford is able to come back and play the season like uh, we believe he can. Uh, again, yeah, as Corey mentioned, as Lucas mentioned, uh, he could be an underrated asset even where we have him currently ranked. So. Uh, def- definitely an intriguing option as your wide receiver one if you go running back early. So what do you have to say, Tyler? I know you want to chime in. Yeah, I tell you what's really uh, an intriguing option is uh, lasting your fantasy season with a podcast that's really going to bring you the numbers. It's going to bring a smile to your face. Where can you find that podcast? You look up Notort, and I'm just kidding. You look up nothing because it's right down below. You can see that subscribe button? See how it's unclicked? That's great. Hit that. Hit the bell. <laughs> Maybe hit the like too. I'd love that. We'll be running some draft guide giveaways as well, probably with like uh, relating to people commenting that they're part of the notification squad or something like that. So Go make again. sure you guys engage at the bottom of the engage at the bottom of these videos here. Definitely leave your comments down below, and you might win a free draft guide. Yeah, I mean, heck, trust me, the work that's being put into this draft guide, y'all don't want to miss out on it. Again, as I say all the time, the quality content is on the way.